Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. And at least for a short amount of time, we got uh, Captain Keith on the show. You know, Ed and Keith uh, run flight training professionals, and they've been cranking, so they have not been able to be on the show the last couple of weeks because uh, they got people to teach how to fly. Uh, not me, because I'm here doing the show. I'm dedicated, but, but that's your excuse for now, right, Keith? Is that what you're going to go with? Well, that's my excuse for not being on the show. It's not my excuse for not teaching you. Well, I, I say go with that excuse, too, so I can use it to my benefit. But, there you go. All right, yes, but but it is uh, good to at least catch up via the phone. Things have been pretty busy, though, at the flight school, right? And that's a good thing. They've been very, very busy, and, and we're we're loving every minute of it. So yeah, uh, we love the, the fact that so many people have shown an interest in getting back into aviation when it was very low for quite some time, many years, and now it's just really sparked up again, so it's great. Yeah, well, you know, they've heard the news that, uh, you know, the airlines need pilots and they're willing to pay a few bucks and that's getting out there and the economy's uh, humming along right now. So, you know, it's kind of filtering down in that regard and keeping the flight schools busy. So that's a good sign for the industry overall. And uh, and once again, why Ed and Keith have been a little bit uh, absent from just plain radio lately. But uh, you do miss it. You want to come back. There's just a temporary thing we're going through right now, right? temporary hiatus okay we'll go with that that yes all right now dennis has a story though that we're going to kind of dive into uh, pretty heavily today because i'm not sure what to make of this but you know we have the adsb deadline coming up for all you know ga pilots here by 2020 uh that you have to have this in your uh in your airplane to be able to fly it otherwise you're going to be out of luck here pretty soon uh if you don't have this system well it's not it's not just ga though it's it's all aircraft Okay, we don't want to just single out the GA guys. That's right. Well, but the no. commercial people already have this, right? They have to. Not necessarily. No. A lot of the, a lot no. of the airlines no. are going to be... That's, uh, that was the number one argument that the airlines had when they put the deadline of, of uh, January of 2020, was that it was the cost was going to be prohibitive hmm. to get all of the aircraft transitioned over in that amount of time. Wow. Okay. And I didn't, so, I didn't realize uh, but yes, they are required to as well. Now, not everybody is going to have to have it. It's only in certain airspace that you're going to have to have it. So, if you're flying, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and there's no uh, Class B airspace or anything, you can get by without it yet. But well, you won't be able to go into Tower Field or anything. So, well, that's what they say now. But as Dennis has found out, as this. Uh, the story that we came across last week or two, uh, that that may not be the case in the future. Is that right, Dennis? What's going well, on? Well, it's not necessarily that it's going to exclude you, but now that more and more aircraft uh, are being equipped with ADS-B, it's enabling the FAA to start using ADS-B to replace radar in places where maybe they don't have it or to boost the coverage. Uh, I read an article just recently that they're going to be within the next one to three years, using space-based ADS-B. So in other words, your transponder is broadcasting signals right now to ground stations. 
but it has the capability of being picked up by satellites, uh, especially the new um, uh, Arion package that's flying on the latest uh, satellite, uh, you know, for the wireless or satellite-based uh, cell phones, mm-hmm. uh, the Iridium network. Okay. They're able to uh, pick up the ADSB signal. So now if you're out over Grand Turk in this case, um, they're actually going to be able to pick up your ADSB transponder and see you and provide radar coverage in areas where they didn't have a ground-based radar. Okay, so they so, already have this now, or this is uh, something that is coming real soon? What are, what the capability saying? exists, and the FAA is working to start integrating that into their existing air traffic control systems. Hmm. So that will give them more complete coverage, or if you're a conspiracy theorist, uh, Big Brother is going to be able to watch you even closer now. From space, space, space! Well, but think about it. How can you get radar coverage of the North Atlantic uh, tracks? We we currently don't have any way to track the airliners as they're flying to and from Europe. So it's all based on tracks and timing and position reports. Mm-hmm. How much more efficient well, will this be when they can see in real time where each aircraft is? And so that's what the FAA is trying to move towards. And they're going to start in the Caribbean where they currently don't have coverage um, and then start to expand out to include North Atlantic tracks and maybe even... Um, supplement coverage in areas of the country where we have sparse ground coverage, maybe out in the, the deserts and the mountain areas where you couldn't, uh, you know, it's not practical to put ground-based receivers. We might be able to close the gaps of radar coverage when you're flying on instrument. Okay, so Keith, this would be a good thing. Wouldn't you agree? It would be a good thing because then you have, you know, things like MH8, uh, 870, I think it was, the uh, Malaysian airliner that went missing. Right. You, if they can get coverage all over the place, those kinds of things won't happen mm-hmm. because you'll know where they're at. There you go. Now, and you instead can't of, instead of trying to cover you know hundreds of miles of of ocean, trying to figure out where they were at, you'd know a very very limited area. You'd know where they're at. Okay. Yeah. Where I mean, they were the way ADSB works right now and how the system is in place. I mean, it's not something you can turn off, is it? Once you have it. You can turn off your transponder. You can shut your power off. But, you know, there's requirements that, you know, obviously it be on. And for the airliners, uh, you know, if they're going to use this to replace um, or make it a requirement, there there can be, you know, multiple power sources and batteries and things like that that can be applied to this to provide that tracking so that even if somebody was to try to disable the signal in the cockpit, um, it would would not do that. You'd still be able to get that signal out. Right. Well, uh, I'm thinking more of the guys uh, maybe flying through the Caribbean that don't want to be tracked. You hear what I'm saying, Keith? There there are rumors that there are some of those still out there. You know, maybe well, need some yeah, cargo airlines. A movie about that. <laughs> yeah, a few. There's a few of those out there. But yeah, I, you know, I guess they would have to make the proper modification so mm-hmm. they could flip it off when they didn't want to be tracked. Just like, you know, on your cell phone, I guess. Some people don't like to, you know, let the, you know, tech giants know where they happen to be walking or whatever. So there maybe there's something they can do. But, you know, you're always going to have that uh, issue of uh, giving up a little too much privacy. But, you know, from the commercial airliner standpoint, yeah, of course, that makes a lot of sense. And it would make it a little bit more safer, you know, just like uh, if you're looking at those flights that we did between uh, Fort Lauderdale and Bimini uh, just a few weeks ago in your Mooney. You'd feel a little bit more comfortable if you had that in your airplane ready to go and they were tracking us. doesn't matter from a ground station or from space, space, space. You'd feel better. Well, and we that. do have that, and you know, it, it is kind of nice and reassuring that my wife was able to see exactly where we were. On the other hand, I was questioned later about why we were flying for nearly an hour offshore 
She's like, couldn't you have gone in a little bit shorter? It made me really nervous. So the fact is that anybody can watch you now um, and know where they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think yes. I shared with you, I got a uh, text message from a, a fellow Mooney pilot asking how we enjoyed our trip in Bimini because he had actually tracked the airplane and saw it sitting in the Bimini one night. Yeah. So the, the privacy is not there. If I wanted to sneak to the Bahamas for the weekend, uh, pretty much anybody's going to know about it. They're going to know well, where you are, but they aren't going to know what you're doing there. So there's True. still a, a little sense of mystery in there. But overall, it sounds like an interesting, well, an upgrade, I guess. And it'd probably be good for everybody. And, and you, that's how you would side with it as well, Keith, right? Well, it is. I, there's a safety factor that's going to be huge on it just for being able to track it. Is there the personal privacy thing, for especially for the general aviation aircraft? There's going to be a factor of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of corporations out there right now that you cannot track. Their airplanes don't show up on on any kind of, you know, like FlightAware or anything like that. One of the aircraft that I fly is like that. Uh, ATC can see them, but... Like Dennis was just speaking of somebody being able to track that airplane, they can't do it. Now, how's that? How do you get on that list of don't track me? Is that like a do not call list on the, uh, you know, like the phones or, or something, or you got to be like a, you know, top secret clearance in the government or what? What do you mean? Well, there's there's a process that you have to go through with air traffic control. You have to have good reason why they're not, you know, why normal people would not be able to track you and hide it. So, like everything else, there's a process that you go through. Got it. All right. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, what, what, you think we had uh, reached that threshold there, Dennis? Uh, kind of a big deal, you know? Yeah, you don't want to let no, everybody know where you're at all the time, do you? Well, you know. What are you hiding, is, Dennis? Come on, get a, it. Spit it, it out. It is a little bit unnerving, you know, uh, <laughs> the fact that anybody can just pull up our tail number. If they go on the website and see the end number that we put on with tape, mm-hmm. they can see what type of flights I'm doing. They can put alerts up and, you know, we could have uh, our own little paparazzi waiting for us every time we land somewhere. And that right. could really, Look, really impact have, our ability to do our jobs, right? These guys have taped on numbers. They can't be legit. What are they doing? You know, it's not on the up and up. What, they're associated with Just Plain Radio? Well, that proves it. All right. Well, enough nonsense. Well, no, we got a few more minutes of nonsense we got to navigate here on Just Plain Radio. Keith, I'll let you get back to teaching people how to fly, and we'll continue to uh, navigate through the latest uh, aviation news and information. Fair enough? Fair enough. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you more soon. There you go. We got more coming up. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. 
Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. What's the craziest video game I've ever seen? It's actually a flight simulator. You learning how to fly? I'm still learning how to fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Dennis. We are your crew as we continue to navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so ADSB from space is coming. So they're going to track you. Uh, I mean, you want to be tracked. It's a good thing, especially if you're you know flying over water. But there might be a small segment of the uh, you know the pilots that, that don't want to be tracked for various reasons. You know, maybe they're just uh, conspiracy theorists or they're partaking in some activities that maybe they shouldn't. I, I think that's few and far between these days, but. Um, but every once in a while, it does pop up on our radar, literally. Uh, and, and you found one already. Is that the, the is that the deal, Dennis, or what? I I did. There's uh, been a story that's been in and out of the media the last couple of weeks here about a plane crash in Henderson City, Kentucky. Hmm, uh, okay. Airport manager shows up to work, and you know, here's an airplane, you know, nose down in the grass off to the side of the runway. Nobody heard it come in. Nobody saw it. Uh, you know, unfortunately, both occupants have you know passed away. But they're like, where? what happened? What's going on here? And the story just keeps getting better. Um, the pilots were, neither one of them were rated uh, as, a, as a pilot or current or had pilot's licenses. Hmm, they weren't okay. authorized to fly the plane. So, you know, the mystery gets deeper. Well, apparently they've now uncovered that there was a duffel bag full of cash and a suspected white powder in the aircraft as uh-huh. well. Aha. Yes. Uh-huh. So there's a reason maybe you don't want ADSB tracking where you're going. Yeah, you don't you don't have to go out to the Caribbean for that kind of stuff. I thought you were going to go down and say, "Ah, it's moonshiners." Or they're packing some wildwood weed there in Kentucky. But uh yeah, I guess, you know, it gets everywhere. 
But uh, on the other hand, you know, if these guys maybe were, you know, having ADSB tracking, maybe, you know, somebody would have known when they crashed and could have got medical help to them because they said they honestly don't know if it went down Tuesday night or a Wednesday morning because nobody noticed it till 7 a.m. on well, Wednesday. Well, if they were partaking in those type of activities, I don't think they were concerned about that kind of stuff. And, uh, hey, you know, I, I guess it happens. But, yeah, I mean, from a safety standpoint, it, it's good at least for people to know where you are. And you shouldn't be, a, you know, trying to hide the fact that I'm over here or I'm over there, yeah, especially when you're flying an aircraft like that. So I guess we'll have to wait and see how it unfolds. But, you know, you're always going to have that, that segment that may not want to be tracked for various reasons, as you just illustrated. So you know, there are see. legitimate ones. I mean, I can understand celebrities or even businesses. You know, can you imagine what would happen here in Minneapolis if 3M is you know suddenly seen taking off with one of their Gulf streams to some city where there's maybe a high profile business and people start to figure out that maybe they're in the process of an acquisition or a partnership or something and start you know trading stock based. What on 3M that kind of is stuff. coming to town? What are they going to do? Cover this yeah. city in tape? Oh, God, help us! Well, let's hope it's red tape, right? Okay, maybe. All right, but so... You, you see my point, though, that there's, you know, legitimate business reasons right. to, you know, to not have that transparency, as it were. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could play that uh, celebrity card like Taylor Swift. She doesn't want, you know, stalkers, you know, tracking her, her flights around the country. And, you know, we, we, as I said, Dennis is kind of a big deal. I'm going to, you know, I, I I don't have a problem with the paparazzi, but hey, we got to have our privacy. Okay. Yeah, I'll stop drinking while I do the show and continue. Yeah, on that's for the thing. other show, isn't it? Yeah, it should be for sure. All right. So uh, another little tidbit that we have to. Uh, navigate today is there is some new uh, drone news uh, well drones and adsb are combining as well is this true it is uh you, you remember the the company uavionics they're the guys that uh, put together the sky beacon and the tail beacon where you you know basically you can get adsb compliance by just replacing your nav light or your tail light in less than an hour mm-hmm. you know these guys made a big big splash at uh, oshkosh and sun and fun well they're now releasing a line of certified avionics for your drone so for people that are doing, you know, larger scale, not just hobby drones, but the ones that are actually like trying to fly medical supplies beyond line of sight, they now have a uh, certified ADSB transponders and satellite based uh, vision systems that can be used with your existing drone to allow you to fly remote, you know, much farther beyond line of sight mm-hmm. and integrate into the national aerospace system. So your, wow. your drone will now show up and be trackable. You can see where it is. Air traffic control can see where it is. Uh, so we're we're definitely taking a big step forward in integrating drones into the airspace. Okay, so Amazon's going to have to have this system on their drones for sure, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anybody that's going to be operating beyond line of sight and in close pro- or basically in the national aerospace system is going to need the same ADSB compliance that airplanes will. Hmm. And this is a way to do it. Well, there you go. How much are these systems costing? As much as they are in GA aircraft? If so, they're going to be slightly out of the price range of your typical drone hobbyist, My is my guess. But well, these think? aren't for your typical drone hobbyist either, but yeah. I would imagine that the pricing is probably going to be comparable. Um, you know, they just they don't have to have it. It's really? not technically certified, uh, you know, like uh, for a Part 23 aircraft. So, you know, maybe it'll be a, a mix between what you'd get for experimental avionics pricing, but but still, you know, they're having to meet the same performance standards and things like that. So, yeah, I imagine they're not going to give them away. Yeah. Well, somebody's going to make a buck. 
and if they can uh, deliver the goods on this kind of stuff and government says yeah you got to have that if you want to fly a drone outside of a line of sight then uh you know hey uh i guess more power to them but uh, you want it, that pizza and beer coming to to the beach with just a phone call you know yeah it's these things are going to have to happen. They're going to get it to the beach and not have it end up in the water. They're going to need this system, potentially, uh, maybe, you know, or at least to avoid other stuff. I, I guess, I mean, would that affect, it won't affect bird strikes, but if it has, like, uh, I don't know, some type of vision that they can remotely view, I guess they could even avoid birds and things like that, couldn't they? Yeah, they still have to uh, do see and avoid. And, you know, just like the unmanned cars, you know, they've got all sorts of LIDAR and things like that to be able to detect cars and people. Um, the drones are, you know, if they're flying without an operator, they have to be able to see and avoid and prove that they can do it. Hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, it's kind of interesting to see how that will unfold. The technology. Uh, and hopefully it will be good. And they'll get enough competition in, in there to... Uh, you know, make it economical, uh, maybe. You know, more people do it, more people trying to make a buck. Price will come down, hopefully. Let's, let's say, I guess, just hope for that and make everyone a little safer. All right, uh, another little uh, news nugget that we uh, have is, uh, what, what is this other story you were throwing at me before? What was this? Well, the, uh, up in uh, Auburn, Maine, the uh, airport authority there is looking for developers uh, to submit proposals to build an airport on the GA airport. At oh, the they Auburn want a bed Lewiston. and breakfast. That's right. They yes. already got the $100 uh, hamburger, which you well, can have that for breakfast, I they've guess. They've got but. the runway. Now they're going to look to putting a hotel in on the property, which I would hope they'd also incorporate a restaurant, too. Let's, let's get everything. Well, yeah. Now you've got a true destination. You could fly to the airport, taxi up to the air, uh, hotel, tie down your plane, go inside, get a restaurant and a place to stay. Don't have to go get an Uber to go drive into town. I think this is really a good idea for airport operators to generate additional revenue. These are usually uh, pretty nice um, you know, places to hang out, especially out in the boonies. It's a relaxing kind of atmosphere. I can see well, this. And think how convenient. You know, you're, part, you're staying right next to your airplane. Next best thing to camping under the wing, maybe. There you go. Yeah. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I've been up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm going to fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're going to fly high without fear, you're going to have to learn to love the atmosphere. And you got to learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right. So a few weeks ago, we came back from Bimini in the Bahamas. It was uh, Dennis's first time uh, crossing over, uh, you know, water and going to the Bahamas in his Mooney 201. And, you know, it really is simple. It's 42 miles from Fort Lauderdale, so it's a short flight for sure. Uh, and, and as far as flying into Bimini and landing and stuff, no no sweat, no problem at all. The only tricky part is just knowing how to get back in the United States without getting in trouble. Well, <laughs> we did actually have to file some paperwork before we ever left the country. Well, true, so, but I'm saying you know, it's all the, the paperwork stuff. It's not technically difficult at all yeah. to fly back and forth. It's actually very easy, no different than... Uh, once again, flying in a small little U.S. airport or untowered airport, because that's what it is in, in Bimini. All right? 
exactly the same as uh, flying into any other you know untowered or uncontrolled airport. And and if you follow the steps that you can find online or like at the FBO there, Banyan down in Fort Lauderdale, they spell it out. But you can, you have to work through each step and make sure you you know cross the T's, dot the I's, and get all that stuff done. But they're trying to streamline the process, right, to make it even easier. Yeah, right now you've got to go to multiple websites. You got to go file EAPIS manifest. You have to file your flight plan and. And then when when you finally do come back into this country, you have to go into a designated airports that have customs facilities to actually have somebody, you know, process the paperwork, look at your passport and do all of that kind of stuff. Well, the uh, AOPA has been working with Customs and Border Patrol to expand some of their new electronic initiatives. And they're looking at uh, more and more facial recognition on phones to be able to do remote uh customs clearance so instead of having to go fly into fort lauderdale we could have maybe gone all the way back to orlando executive and opened up a facetime chat with a customs agent and they would have looked at our paperwork that we had already filed and looked at our facetime chat and the facial recognition and boom you're done yes no having to go to a separate airport and you know, add another leg to your itinerary, just making it that much easier. We don't even need a person. Just uh, ask Alexa or Siri. Hey, can, hey, there's uh, an idea. Can we get back in the country? Sure. You are welcome. Thank you. And have a great day. It's coming. Let's hope. More coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. You can't fly. No, but until I can, I have to set up for piloting a plane. Let's do it. Come on, Bernie. You can't ground this eagle. It needs to soar. You know I can do this. We've come this far. Don't you be scared now. Cause you can This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis, where we are your crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so uh, here's a little tidbit for you. Uh, British Airways conducted a contest to have people come up with, you know, alternative energy sources for airplanes, you know, green energy. And evidently, uh, a team of scientists in Scotland, of all places, uh, won the competition. I guess they, I assume they won because they're the ones listed. Uh, and they came up with an environmentally sustainable replacement for aviation fuel. Uh, and what is this based on exactly, Dennis? It's made what are, from wood pellet, wood pellets. Wood pellets. What are wood pellets? Well, here in the Midwest, uh, it's actually used uh, for heating. You know, people can have these wood pellet stoves put in their house. Are those the um, things they, I throw into my fire pit when I can't start it up with, like, newspaper and crap? And, yeah, uh, it, it can be used for that. Also, if you're into uh, barbecue, uh, the Traeger brand of uh, pellet uh, stoves uh, for barbecuing use uh, wood pellets. Generally, those are, you know, applewood or hickory, but it's basically little chunks of sawdust compressed into a, a piece of... Uh, a little pellet the size like a pencil eraser. So they're basically able to use scrap wood that would normally not be able to be used for construction or would have to be composted. 
mm-hmm. um, or just burned. And here they're turning it into a wood pellet, which can then be converted into aviation fuel. Interesting. So, yeah, it's green in that word. You know, it would be normally something that would be wasted. You know, here in the Midwest, we grow a lot of corn, uh, which gets turned into ethanol to be mixed with, with your gasoline in your car. But at the end of the season, there's a lot of corn stalks out there that contain, you know, cellulose, which could, you know, if they could figure out a process, could be, you know, converted into alcohol as well, basically converting a waste product. And so that's what they're doing here, but using wood. Yeah, because they don't want to use alcohol. They want to drink that in Scotland. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, called scotch, right? That's right. But uh, wood pellets and some other chemicals, supposedly they've come up with some kind of green aviation fuel. And uh, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of a a spinoff of the thing we saw in Back to the Future when they were powering the DeLorean, you know, with uh, with the mad scientist guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, who? Doc Brown. Doc Brown. When Doc Brown. Feeding the uh, Mr. Fusion in the back of the DeLorean. Right. With garbage. You know, if they, you know they they actually have that technology now where they can take, you know, uh, fat from, you know, fryers at fast food places and turn those into some kind of fuel. But it, I don't think that's like, uh, that's just recycling type stuff. Yeah, isn't it? that's, you know, it the grease cars out. taking taking like my uh, my little Volkswagen diesel and you could actually run it on pure vegetable oil if you really right. want to go through it. Yeah, but that's not, it's still burning uh, CO2 gases and things, I, I think. Uh, the best one I heard, I actually heard of a boat powered on the fat that was sucked out of a liposuction patient. Now that is some serious recycling. Now that's definitely a South Florida. Sounds like uh, that'd be a. That's a, where it happened, of course. Because yeah. they they suck a lot of that stuff out of the out of those models you see on South Beach. You think they were just born that way? Come on, they were sculpted and they uh, throw that uh, goo into a boat engine. Next thing you know, they're putzing all around in their uh, you know bikinis. But uh, regardless, uh, this sounds a little more responsible. And a longer term solution, a but little bit be, more sustainable too. Correct. Yes. Uh, but but you know who knows? I mean, uh, I, I I've always wondered why is it that we haven't come up with a uh, an airplane that was just powered on water? Didn't we see this like on uh, you know old cartoon type things and stuff like that? I mean, it goes back to the flying car and and uh, all this kind of stuff but why can't we uh come up with some solution are are the big oil companies keeping us from doing this is that what you think a conspiracy no, is i think it's just the energy density i mean you could in theory split the water into hydrogen and oxygen and have a fuel cell but yeah. you know how do you carry enough hydrogen to be able to make enough electricity you know they'll they'll get there eventually maybe that'll be the way to go um but we're making right baby now, steps. We are making. I mean, for instance, there's a dive light out on the market now that is literally powered by seawater. So if you go scuba diving and you take this light underwater, it actually pulls the salt molecules or something. It has some process where it literally powers a dive light by the ocean water. Have you seen that? Yeah, I remember the review you did on it, but yeah. you know, you, you got to admit the amount of energy required to light an LED is significantly less than you know to get an airplane up to speed and move us around. Well, and plus you have to figure out that whole flying a plane through the water thing. Well, you there's know. that. Yeah, so I, I don't think there's going to be a flying application, but yeah, that's uh, SWES, I believe, uh, technology S W E S. If you Google it. Uh, it's out there. It's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, it has its limitations, I guess, but it is, uh, you know, this this kind of high-tech, you know, solution to saving the planet, 
you know, from an environmental standpoint, it, you know, it's going to happen, I think, at some point, because they keep coming up with these unique ideas. Just a matter of finding the one that's probably the most, econo- you know, economically feasible uh, with the uh, material and stuff like that. And maybe it's compressed sawdust, like you said, in these pellets. Maybe these Scottish guys got it. Uh, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. All right, so uh, we do have some more drone news, as we always like to navigate here on Just Plane Radio, because, you know, whether it's, you know, whether you're flying a general aviation aircraft or a drone, it's still flying. It counts. So uh, what has been going on in Australia with these drones? They're, they've well, become like the guinea pig of uh, drone flying or certification or something or what? Well, it turns out uh, Google has a, a subsidiary called Wing Aviation, and they just made history becoming the first drone delivery company to receive FAA certification as an air carrier. Hmm. So they're not just you know getting, okay, you, you have permission to do this. They're being certified as a carrier, you know, equivalent to a Delta, United. You, know, you can offer services and be able to deliver packages uh, or you know for hire basically so now they're already doing this in australia evidently correct right so it sounded like they made something like seventy thousand test flights and over three thousand home deliveries were being made to actual customers in australia during the testing of the so whatever for whatever reason australia has uh, beat everybody the punch to incorporating this technology or maybe you know when google said hey we want to do this they say, oh bring it on late if it you know, it creates a problem with any of the other stuff in our aerospace. We'll just take out our knife. Stab it! You know, it'd be the last thing. I mean, it's like the, you know, most dangerous place on Earth, right? Australia? Yeah, everything, all the wildlife there wants to kill you, so why not right. the, your delivery services too, right? Drone, we're not afraid of no drones. Oh, no. Crikey! And then they just stab it with their, you know, knife or what? I, who knows? Jump on it, wrap duct tape. But they don't the care. <laughs> so... They've been able to uh, expedite the process of uh, incorporating these delivery drones uh, into their uh, system. It's kind of interesting when you watch the videos of how these drones operate. Did you see this one where it, like, drops, you know, from the sky like a a wire in some kind of container thing? You know, I've seen all the other videos where it's like the drone uh, has, like, claws on it, and it may be holding a box, like the Amazon delivery box or something. But what I saw online in Australia, uh, which was connected to this particular story, was that there was a line, and it would stay up at, like, 20, 30 feet in the uh, air, and then it would drop the line, which, you know, it might have a sack on the end of the uh, line, I guess, you know, which was holding whatever product they were delivering or taking, and it lowers it down, you know, kind of like a boule kind of thing or something and it comes down like hey here's your stuff okay here and you put your money in there and, they go, and then it takes off so maybe that's a way to keep the blades away from people i don't know it was kind of an interesting uh thing but it's like well you know watching somebody being rescued from a cave or something or a, you know a cavern or something you know what i mean well, I think it makes it a lot easier for them because they don't have to worry about navigating in close proximity to, you know, houses. I mean, look at a front porch of a house. Some of them have got, you know, covers over them. Others are open. Right. You get trees in front. So, hey, 25 feet got... above it and drop the line straight down. Easy. There you go. And, and uh, who knows? Maybe it'll be people, too. It's like, uh, you know, hey, uh, uh, Joe, I don't have any money. I can't pay the drone. Uh, we'll go up there and ride back with them and, and uh, we'll come bail you out of jail. <laughs> So yeah, you hop just get in the, the sack parachute and, harness and you just hook in and yeah. right, just hook in. They really you know, back up seat. and yeah, that would be kind of fun. 
Sounds like uh, quite an uh, extreme new sport or something. So uh, anyway, they're doing it in Australia. So until there's a major incident in Australia, uh, it should you know filter its way this way to us in the U.S. And we'll start seeing these drones. Uh, Google's already got the uh, approval. First ones. So this could be happening sooner than you think. Uh, so before you think the aliens are attacking the planet, just know it's probably just Google. All right. And we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis navigating the uh, latest aviation news and information. All right, so um, drones, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about it today. I guess we're just kind of flushing out a bunch of these stories uh, from a technological standpoint. And um, there's one that caught my eye here, 
And I'd like to hear what you have to say about this, Dennis. All right. They, they got, uh, you know, the drone racing leagues. They got a bunch of these things out there now. And evidently, there are some of them that are experimenting with operating their br- uh, drones, not with a, uh, you know, like a controller, but a some kind of what electric uh, brainwave adapting unit thing. Basically, operating the drone with your brain. A mind link. Yeah. I mean, I think that initially started on like Star Trek or one of those, you know, movies or something. But but that technology does exist. I mean, you know, people that have had uh, limitations, uh, you know, or accidents and things, you know, know, they can operate a computer with uh, certain triggers in their brain and they use their brain waves and stuff and hook them up to this computer. And next thing you know, they're typing sentences and things like that but evidently some of this technology has advanced to the point where hey we can uh we don't need, we can operate our dra- uh, drone with our brain hands-free how cool is that that could be very interesting i mean the reaction time might be a lot quicker you're not having to in your head process what you're seeing into a right stick left stick coming at me you just you're literally in it and just thinking go right go left kind of like you remember the old uh uh, Firefox movie back in the 80s where he had to think to launch the missiles and he had to think in Russian in order to make it work. You know, right. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. You know, that kind of technology. We've been talking about it for a long time. And, you know, as, as our technology is improving. You yeah. Know, I, I don't know. Reality. I don't know how advanced this brain control interface has uh, has gotten. Like, can it do all that? Yeah, I mean, or does it say go or stop? Can it say, you know, you can think it to go left, right, and everything? I, I don't know. Uh, it's pretty wild. But if they're doing this for drones and it's working, or they're figuring out, you know, some ways to make it work, I mean, you train your brain, I guess, to figure out which signal, you know, triggers what, you know, command you want the drone to take. I mean, this could be. This could be something that would eventually translate to uh, flying your airplane. You wouldn't have to even touch the yoke. You would just think it, and it would be. Well, and how much longer before we wind up, you know, replacing the cockpit on the airplane? You know, it's always been one of the big sources of drag is having that big front windshield. What if you could get rid of it and just, uh, you know, just put a set of uh, VR goggles on the pilot and, you know, squeeze him in somewhere in the airplane that's convenient and yeah. would you even need to look outside? Well, true, you know, but but I will say, you know, even in all the aliens and and like uh, the Avenger movies and stuff, they still have uh, have them flying their ships with some kind of hand controller. No, they, they haven't l- really crossed that line into just putting on a helmet and they think where they want to go. You know what I'm saying? So uh, maybe the movies don't got this right. Maybe this technology, this drone technology is going to even, uh, you know, make the Avengers outdated and stuff. You hear what I'm saying? I do. I mean, and think about it, too, from the pilot's perspective. I mean, I like the view outside. I yeah. don't know that I'd be happy just staring at a computer screen and going, you know, walking out of the plane. You kind of lose that um, that whole sense of uh, actually piloting and that you went somewhere. You know, it'd be like getting in a box and stepping out, uh, you know, somewhere else, kind of like a transporter. Well, you're talking about synthetic vision. I'm talking about just thinking it and it will be done using your brain to, as the controller. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah, it's the next logical step, though. I mean, if yeah. you can already control that, then why don't we just get rid of everything? Make it even, you know, all electronic, you know, take the, all the physical controls away and make it just, you just think mind it, meld. You think it, it and it will be. Because, you know, that is the problem we have 
as uh, pilots when you're learning how to fly is it's like, okay, uh, I've read the material. I've been told what to do. Now it's a matter of uh, communicating that that thought of what I'm supposed to do and making my hands and feet and, and everything, my body coordinate to, to execute this this element. And, and a lot of times, especially when you're first learning, uh, something gets lost in translation and you don't flare quite right or whatever. You hear what I'm saying? If you oh, took, absolutely. If you took your body out of that mix and the computer interpreted what you were thinking, you you know it would uh, it would do really what you meant to do as opposed to how it interpreted it incorrectly. <laughs> kind of like how when my brain thinks of what I'm supposed to be saying and then it comes out not even close to what I was thinking it would or hoping it would sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think our listeners know exactly what you mean. I am Greg, your first mate. You know, if he, if it did that for me, I wouldn't have to do nothing. And the less I have to do, probably the better for the end uh, recipient of my words and everything. But, I, you know, we're, we're getting kind of deep. But, uh, you know, it's the future. And, you know, the drones are doing it. So who knows? Maybe planes are next. Synthetic vision, which is what you alluded to uh, before. There's been some talk about, you know, is that a good or a bad thing? Like you said, you you would rather be able to touch it and feel it. And, uh, you know, uh, make a make a move on the joystick. And that's part of the joy of flying, right? Exactly. But now incorporating, you know, synthetic vision into what we have and making it more prominent, um, I think, is going to make us a lot safer. I mean, look at instrument approaches when you're coming in, you can't see the runway. But what if the synthetic vision was good enough to, to really augment it? Now, all of a sudden, it really doesn't matter if the visibility is down to a half mile because you still have the entire airport environment made out. You can see the obstructions. You can see the runway and line up. You know, I can see that uh, it, we're not that far away. You've got Epic Optics and their HUDs for general aviation airplanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it wouldn't take much to start incorporating, you know, that type of technology into into our fleet, especially if it's being designed around it. Not to mention that it'd be ultra cool. You can't see nothing. You can't see your hand in front of your face. But with the technology, you can see it all and fly right through it with no problems. I love it. The future is coming, my friends. Embrace it. I guess that's the message for this week's edition of The Big Show. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. (laughs) Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.